you are already ready. Our business now is to do what he says to reach those that are lost. Take the word of God to those that need to hear it. We're not supposed to be concerned about death because by when the time comes, we pass from death unto life. Well, hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining us for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. On today's broadcast, you're going to hear a message by Minister Nelson Robertson, and this message is entitled, Doing the Works. My friends, it's time for us to do the works that Jesus spoke about. It's time for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. The world needs us now more than ever. So I pray that you will hear this message in its entirety. Now, don't forget, you can go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can find this video as well as the audio and so much more. So check it out today. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, Doing the Works, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. What are you gonna do? Or what if you're driving down the road right now and he comes back? What are you gonna do? What if, while you have your hands around that favorite girlfriend of yours, he showed up? What are you gonna do? The choice is ours. The choice is ours. And the Bible says he's not a man. He cannot lie. Amen. Thank you, Father. Let us bow for a word of prayer as we get into our service this morning. Father, we thank you for your love and your kindness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you there, Father, that you are not a respective person. You can use anyone you choose. You are looking for a willing heart. Someone that will say yes to you. And Father, we thank you for your divine presence here today because it reminds us that where two or three of us are gathered in your name that you will be here. We thank you for the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, that was shed for us. We honor you and we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us put our hands together for the Lord. Amen. Amen. I won't be before you long. Uh, no, I'm not going to get through all these scriptures, but um, I'll do my best. Amen. Uh, I want to start by saying how God loves his people. How much God cares about his people. And we have seen it time after time, day after day. There was a time where we have to look, where, where we look overseas for the bad news over in Africa, yeah, people are uh, hungry and they're starving. Over in the Mideast, yeah, they're killing one another. There's wars and rumors of war. And we look elsewhere and we heard about all these things that is happening. But today, as we look around, we don't have to look far to see the shooting, the killing, and the hungry. We don't have to look too far to see those that are sleeping under the bridge that are homeless. Go downtown Atlanta, I pass there every day. They're outside, they're lying the street, they're begging, it's cold. We don't have to look overseas anymore in those um, third world countries for these things happening. It is happening right here now. But the good news is, God sent Jesus Christ into this world to die so that everyone who believe in him shall have everlasting life. And he himself confessed, he says that I, came that, you, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. 
It is showing how much God is still concerned about humanity. Even though Adam and Eve did what they did, he could have ended it right there. But he still, whatever he promised in the Garden of Eden, he still wants us to uh, experience and, and receive those things today and enjoy those things. One thing with God, he can never run out. He have an abundance. So we don't have to worry about the next generation because he will still provide for those generations that's coming if he so tarry and does not come back before then. But the good news also, he could come back right now. Right now as we speak. He said no one knows, not even the son. But the father will let him know when it's time. But in the meantime, we are supposed to live the way he wants us to live. And to look out for those that are homeless, those that are less fortunate than us. There are so many of us that think, well, because we receive Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, there's a seat for me, there's a seat for you. Let us come into the house of the Lord, let us listen to the word of God and go back home. Make sure that we don't offend, offend anyone. Make sure that we do everything that is right and it's okay. But that's not our purpose. That's not our mandate. Our mandate is to reach those that are lost, clothe those that are, are, are naked, feed those that are hungry. And he gives us the resource for that. We don't have to worry about not having the resource because for every gift and every ministry that he provided, he provides provision for those. So none of us have any excuse to say, Lord, I didn't have any money. Lord, I didn't have any transportation. He will make a way if we call on the name of Jesus. So he is so concerned about his people that he still wants to bless his people. And as, you, as it was um, showed on the screen earlier, we are in the, this year, of the year of transformation. Where God are calling. Prayers are going out. The Bible says, Jesus says, um, he said, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Pray to the God of the harvest that he will send laborers out. And there is righteous people that are praying. Prayers, prayers are going up every day. He is hearing these prayers. And he, because of his name and because of the commission and because of the covenant that he made with us, he have to fulfill those petitions. As long as it is in his will, he have to fulfill those that's his, that his promise. He will supply every need. Prayers are going up for those who are living under the bridge. Prayers are going up for those who are falling away. Prayers are going up for those who have not even known God as yet. But God now are calling for the workers in the vineyard. Me and you, he wants to commission us to go out and to reach those that are lost. Because he is a God of compassion. He's the God that is full with, he is love. He's not full with love. He is love. And he still cares about those that does not know him. I've heard so many people say, well, uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I want to get ready for when he comes. I want to get ready for when he comes. We are not supposed to be getting ready. We are already ready from the time you said, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are already ready. Our business now is to do what he says, to reach those that are lost. Take the word of God to those that need to hear it. We're not supposed to be concerned about death. Because by when the time comes, we pass from death unto life. 
We're not supposed to be getting ready. Getting ready for what? You're wasting time getting ready. The only how, if you're getting ready, which means that you were never ready in the first place. Second Timothy, not Second Timothy, let's go to Second um, Peter. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3 to 4 says, Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, Everything has remained the same since the world was first created. And these are the things that cause some to continue in their own lustful ways. They heard other people saying, well, they've been saying Jesus is coming back from so, for so long. Where is him now? I have a friend that said he's going to party right up until a certain time. I guess his intention is to just party until he can't party anymore. Then he will say he will give his life to Christ because now he have no use for the other things. But we got to understand that Christ needs us right now. Nothing is going to happen in this earth without us. Everything that needs to be done has got to be done through us because God is working in us. We can't do nothing by ourselves. Until that, that time come, when this, this, this covenant is, is finished, when it is complete, when this time on earth is complete, when Jesus come back, then it will change. But until then, we are the one who is doing those things. We are the one who is laying hands. We are the one who is taking the great commission and, and minister to those that are lost. So let us not get it twisted. As some people say, I'm waiting on God. God is waiting on us. Because the commission has already been given. Go ye therefore into the world and make disciples. We are the one. And when the time come, like the, the, Jesus told that, um, that parable about the sower. It's like, what have you done with my money? You could have put it in the bank. God is going to ask us, what have you done with my time? Have you taken time out to minister to someone? Have you taken the time out to feed someone that was hungry? There's so many people that is operating soup kitchens and different things like that. Have you ever hooked up with someone to do something for someone other than yourself? He is so concerned about the, those that are lost. He could have ended it right there. I've got what I wanted. I've done what I'm supposed to do, and he gone back. But can you imagine Jesus is telling his disciples, I I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I, I got to go. You know, I got to go. I'm going to prepare a place for you. After they have stripped him and beat him and nailed him to the cross, and he's still in love turning around and telling, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back and I'm going to receive you unto myself. So where I'm at, you will be there too. And the Bible talks about streets of gold. After you have done this to him, he's still telling you that he wants you to be there. That's why we heard that, that, that um, saying all the time, I thank God is not man. God, most men would shut the door. Look at what you did to me. You passed me down the street. You couldn't even give me a ride. You calling me now? Most men would have shut that door. Especially knowing what he have. 
Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 10 said, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like, uh, like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away in a terrible noise, with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything in it will be found to deserve judgment. He is not slack in his coming. The same brother in your family, the same uncle that you keep talking to or try to get them to, to come to the Lord. He's been patient for that one too. He's been patient for the ones that being hurt and walk away. He's not slacking his coming. That's how much he loves us. Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 to 38 says, Jesus traveled through all the, th the towns and village of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and hopeless, helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd, he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the, his field. He is still caring. He, uh, he said to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Let him send workers into the field. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says, if you believe in me, the same works that I do, you will do also, and even greater works. When a Christian could get past that right there, when you can get that down inside of you and believe that you can do the work that Jesus did, you are in. Because the reason why I say that, because there are so many people that think when you say that, when you declare that, when you confess that, they're saying that you're trying to be God. Jesus himself is saying, look, brother, the same works that I do, the laying of the hands, having compassion for my people, for God's people, you're going to have the, you can do the same thing. And we sit back and we say, Lord, I don't have any gifts. I don't have nothing. What can I do? What can I do? There's so much that you can do. If you are a believer, the same works that he did, you can do it too. But the enemy, when we allow the enemy to get into our mind and to see ourselves in a different way than, way than the way that Christ sees us, we begin to mess up. He is saying, you can do this. He's saying, with my name, demons, they have to go. He's saying, with my name, the stronghold, what is, what is causing your husband to continue to drink and to cuss and to first, that can be broken if you... Speak to that thing in my name. He went about, the scripture say, healing every kind of disease. Every kind. And today we are allowing ourselves to live below what God has sent his son to die for us for. 
He himself said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Not just life, not just the getting by life, but the more abundance life. Joy in you yourself, joy in your grandchildren. Seeing your grandchildren growing up and doing the works of God, that's joy. He wants you to have that abundance life. He wants to see your husband or your wife happy. He wants to see your brothers and sisters in Christ prosperous, abundance life. But when we look at ourselves and we allow the enemy to speak into our life, to plant the seed, and we allow the seed to grow, to tell us that we are less than what God said we are, I always tell my friend, they say, you're, you're all in a bag of chip, chips. I say, nah, maybe three or four. <laughs> I, I told you guys, uh, and you guys know my testimony many times. I, I don't tell it all the time. Because I believe that there's a place and time for it. How God has saved me from that burning truck. A brand new truck. And I owe my life to Jesus. And the last accident I have, I was on the phone with my wife. I had on, I had on my headphone talking, driving, because it is legal to do that when you have the one. And, uh, and all she heard is a bunch of noise. And she heard, she heard me calling the name and said, Jesus. That's all. And I had to pull to the side not to kill the brother and hit him. The wisdom of God kicks in at that time. I hit him at the back, and I was in the right. I could have done anything I want to because today I still did not get a ticket because they said it was not my fault. But the wisdom of God kicks in. He said to pull to the side and hit him to the back right there, and you could spin him around. And all she heard was the name Jesus. And I then when I everything stopped, all that bouncing and breaking up everything, I just called, I picked my headset back and put it back on. I said, I'm, I'm fine. Just that calm. I'm fine. Everything is okay. But he is concerned about our sins. That's why he has commissioned us to go forth and to reach those that are lost. One of my habits back in the days was to just come to church. Church is church. When my family was cleaning the church, I always complained, why we got a clean church? It's just a church. But I found out it's not just the church, it is the house of prayer. The place where God wants us to come together and fellowship and praise him. In his presence, he said we're two or three gathered together, he is there. This is not just the church. It might be, yes, it's a building. And then when we leave here, family too. And when we leave here, we, we taking him with us because he, he lives in us. But this is not just the church. I owe my life to him. We all owe our lives to him. Listen to what David said. Psalms chapter 8, verse 3 to 8, it says in the New Living. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are merry mortals that you th should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You give them charge over everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims. 
everything that swims in the ocean current. current. God loves us that much. Um, David asked him, what is man that you, what is, a, what is about men that you so care, you care so much about men? Because David can see the love that God has extended to, to humanity. He can see the love that, I mean, because he, have done, he himself has done some things. And he himself is looking at, it got to be love. You love me so much that you give me another chance. He said, what is human being that you care so much about us? God loves us so much that he gave us his one and only son. And he said that whosoever should call on his name shall be saved. That's how much he loved us. But he wanted us, he turned around and said, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. In that way, the man that is sleeping under the bridge, what can you do for him? The man that is homeless, what can you do for him? The ministry that I have given you to reconcile the world back unto me, the ministry that I have given you to go and get that property where those men that is coming out of jail, you can house them and teach them of God so that their life can be renewed, their mind can be renewed, and their life can be changed. What are you doing with it? Those young women that, has been, that is running away, those that have been trafficked by men that is just seeking money, using them for money, what can you do for them? Can you love one another as I have loved you? David asks, what is man that you are so mindful of men? What do you see in men that you love them so much? The word of God said God is love. That's who he is. There's a scripture that says, even if we are unfaithful, he cannot deny himself. He remains faithful. That's when, when we go out, we, re we represent him. And what they see in us, they call it out. If it's not of him, we are tarnishing his name. We are his representative. We cannot let the, the enemy tell us that you are a filthy piece of rag. You was that before you were saved. You were cleansed from all unrighteousness. It, is, was, it was his blood that cleansed you, washed you. The scriptures say as white as snow. How can we still confess that I am a piece of filthy rag? And he is saying on the other hand that you are my righteousness. You are my son. I have begotten you this day. The day when you said yes to him. The book of John chapter 14, chapter 14 verse 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believe in me the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. In other words, now it's in your hand. And when he said verily, verily, he wants you to pay attention. The title of this sermon is Doing... Doing the works. That's what I got up there? I hope so. <laughs> Working the works. <laughs> there you go, doing the works. <laughs> Amen. It is now in our hands, and we have no excuse. 
None at all. And God, in this 2019, the year of transformation, God is looking for some men and women after his own heart. Because God wants to pour out into you his gift, his resource for the gift that you have. He want to, if, if the Bible said, if your gift is speaking, speak as if God himself is speaking through you. He want to give you that knowledge and that wisdom of God. He want to pour so much into you that when you begin to speak, someone is going to listen to you. He want to give you the resource to match your gift. If your gift is hospitality, he want to give you the properties to house these people that you can minister to those people and they can get back onto their feet. If your ministry is feeding the hungry, he wants you to have a place that he can pour so much into your ministry that you will have more than enough to feed those. But he is looking for a man after his own heart because remember, you can have all those resources and be corrupted if you are not a man of God, after God's own heart. You can have all that money coming in. You can have all the cars. And now you find some other place to go and something to do. And that's why he is so concerned. In the book of Acts chapter 13 verse 22 it says. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David. A man about whom God says. And this is God is confessing this about David. I have found David son of Jesse. A man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. God wants you to reach those that are lost. But he also wants to give you the resource to transform their life. And if you're not strong enough, if you're not a man after God's own heart, that resource can corrupt you. You can have so much money that you now begin to think, well, uh, I, I, I could go ahead and do this for myself. God wants you to, he's commissioned you to go after those people and he's given you the resource. He's not saying that you can't use it, but he wants you to be obedient to him first. He wants us to be obedient to him first. He don't want us to think about our needs first. Our needs is to minister to that man over there. Not take care of ourselves first and then say, what left over, I'll give it to you. Our needs are, our, our purpose is to meet his needs. And confess that God will supply all of our needs. But if, you, if you're not a man after God's own heart, you'll find yourself with two or three cars and be like, like, like that King Nebuchadnezzar saying, well, this is mine. I work hard for this. And next thing you know, he's out there eating grass. And that's why he wants a man after his heart that will do everything that he says to do. I know we're running all the time. I'm, I'll just hit some of these very quickly. But I'm excited about this. Because I went to, yeah, I might not get through all that, but I, I'll say this. Um, as um, a young man serving under my pastor here at Kingdom Rock, which we love very much, and I can see God in him. And if you don't see God in someone, don't follow that someone. And I've, I've, what I love about my pastor is that I can go to him and I can talk to him about anything. And you can see his, um, how, the way he interacts with children and everyone else. You can see he's a man after God's own heart. 
And I went to him one day. I, um, before I did that, one day I was just driving. And um, I heard the word of God says, this is the year of transformation. And I went to, before I went to him, I'm like, Lord, the year of transformation. And he said, look at my people. Look at those that are sleeping under the bridge. Look at those that are homeless. Look at the family that is broken. Look at the young man. We talk about their parents. We talk about their hair. We talk so much about everything. Look at them. But he's saying, prayers are being going out. Calling. The call has been sent out for more workers in the vineyard. But I want to use my people to transfer their life. I'm going to pour into the life of my people. Whatever their petitions are. I want to fulfill that need so that when the unbeliever and those that are seeking and looking for love and other things in the wrong place, when they look at you, they could come and ask, how are you doing this when you only have one job? How are you doing this when you only have just you and your wife? How are you making it? And then with that powerful testimony now, when you release that testimony, it is God. He is the one who is providing. When I give, he give back to me, shake, press down, shake. When you give that testimony, it will transform their life. It will encourage them. It will pique their interest. But who is this God? And now you can introduce them to this God because he cares about them just as much as he cares about us. So I went to my pastor and I told him about the word that I've received from God. And from the beginning, it's like, you, God's going to talk to me. You mean God's going to tell me uh, I'm, I'm not a big name. I'm not a, you know, TV and radio and all that stuff. You're going to give me a word like that. But then I remember Samuel. When Samuel was serving in the temple and he did not know God, he did not know the voice of God. He, he was longing to hear the voice of God. When he runs to Eli, but two or three times, uh, two times, and the third time he go back, and Eli told him, he said, when he calls again, you said, speak, Lord, your servant hear it. And we can learn to hear the voice of God. And if we are not in tune with the word of God, we will dismiss it, thinking that is the enemy is, is trying to trick you. When you are hearing from God. And I went to him and I told him about the word and he received it. And that's what we are talking about. The Bible says one plant, the other one water, God gives the increase. We are here to work together. God concerned about the homeless. He's concerned about those that are selling their body for money. He's concerned about everything that is happening outside his will. But in order for us to reach those that are lost... We have to be a man after God's own heart. Because he wants to pour so much into us. He don't want to hold back anything because the Bible said all this will be disappeared. It will be gone, burned up in fire. So all the big building that is sitting out there, God can use them. All the people that is walking around. God wants the word of God to reach the end of the earth. Every corner before he decides to come back. And that time... It's winding up pretty fast. It is winding up. But he is so concerned. He wants us to remember. Don't listen to what the naysayers are saying. 
They're calling you names. You are your holy roller. You are Bible taught person and this and that. He said, what I am doing, the same one that is calling you name, I am just being patient for that brother right there or their sister. In the meantime, I want you to be about my business to reach those that are lost. Let me pour into you. If you are willing, let me give you the resource that you need so that you can go forth and bring forth much fruit. I want, there's no limit to what I can do for you. There is no limit for how much I can pour into you. I want to give you what you need so that when you get out there, you can say, my, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack no good things. And you will be about his business. One very good example in the Bible, this is just one, Joseph. Joseph brothers, he told the brothers about the dream that he had, and they tried to kill him. But fast forward, through the, 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 um, the famine, through the famine, they made it through the famine. His family made it through the famine. And at the end, when Joseph revealed himself to his brother, I was going to get to that, but I'm not going to go to those scriptures today. i just tell you how God is looking for a man after his own heart. Joseph was put in a position to have an affair, and he didn't do it. Joseph was put in charge of this man, one of the richest men in Egypt. Everything that he owns, the Pharaoh said, no one, no one will have any power or, or lift the finger. I'm first, you second. Everything that's said, if I don't say it, you say it, and it has to happen. They must obey. He had so much power placed in his hand. He could have done some crazy thing. Crazy thing. But when he, when he revealed himself to his brother, he forgave them and he said, look, you didn't have sent me here. God sent me here to preserve this for you, to preserve your life. He put all his, 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 his anger and jealousy and everything, he pushed them aside because he was about the father's business. Power sometimes can corrupt us if we are not a man of the God owns heart. If we are not that. And that's why he's looking for a man after his own heart. Joseph is, Joseph is a fine example. He didn't have to sleep with Potiphar's wife to get a position. They kicked him out, put him in jail, and he still ended up back second in command. Because God cares about those that was going to go through that famine. And he prepared that one man and poured into him so much knowledge that when he told Potiphar what he should do as far as the, the famine, how he should save up some, some things and build um, bonds and do this and that. When Potiphar heard that, he said, is there another man that we can find that's so filled with the spirit of God that we can use him? God placed him in the right place at the right time and fill him, give him the resource that he need to do what he need to do. But if, you can, if you're not a man after God's own heart, you won't be able to handle that. If he was not a man after God's own heart, he could not have handled resisting the temptation to have an affair. He could not have resisted the temptation, now I'm second in command, I'm the big dog now. 
I could do whatever and say whatever I want and still walk after God. Still stare the coast. And Jesus himself is saying today, if you believe in me, the same work that I have done, you will do also. Are you going to allow the enemy, the loser, to talk you out of your position, your opportunity to do what Jesus said you can do? This is the year of transformation. God is seeking. He's calling. Prayers are going up. And he's calling workers into his vineyard. He wants to pour into us wealth and riches and love and everything he wants to give us so that when they see us, you're not anxious for anything. You're not fussing and worrying about where the next, how the next bill is going to get paid. They're going to come to you and ask you, well, how, come, how, how are you so calm? God has poured into you his peace that surpasses all understanding that now you can minister to them his grace. God is calling you. He needs you. He already paid a price for you. Matter of fact, our life is not our own. But he is so concerned about those that are lost that he wants us to be that vessel, and he want to fill us to the capacity like he did for Joseph. But we have to be willing. Are you willing to do that for him today? Are you willing to allow him to use you? I don't know. It might be one of my family that you run into. I want to see all of them save and come to repentance. They might not hear it from me. They might listen to you. And that's why I'm so happy for the opportunity to be able to say, Thus saith the Lord God of hosts, he loves you. And he will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. As I close today, I'm going to pass it back to the man of God. I pray that whatever you heard today, that you will not think about the messenger, but think about the message. Because I'm just a vessel. I can do nothing on my own. I'm just being obedient. He said to Samuel, obedience is better than sacrifice. And if I'm saying that I'm ashamed to speak for him, and, uh, which means that I am denying him, and I will not allow that to happen. Amen. Online, I thank you for watching and for being with us today. I pray that what you heard is a blessing to you. Until next time, we love you. God bless you and keep praying for us. Amen. Pastor Mark, receive Pastor Mark as he comes. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. 
We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.